Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 25th of October. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, startups, Bitcoin, iron ore. Well, what else, Scotty? Hyperinflation. Oh, Jack Dorsey. You're going to have to let that go, I think. I think so. No, that's all right. We'll get on. We'll, we'll get on with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of inflation, we'll talk about what's to come later this week in just a tick. But let's start with the here and now. We had the S and P ASX two hundred up by twenty five and a half points, or three tenths of a percent, to seven thousand four hundred and forty one. What did we learn today, Scotty? Cyclicals are back. Materials are back. Energy is continuing to roll like higher. So yeah, it's uh, it's all happening. And M and A is still taking place as well. What's going on? There is lots going on. There's lots of talk around climate change, COP26. We've got uh, Nats coming to the, well, reluctantly coming to the party. Um, but that has given the market sort of a focal point as well when it comes to a lot of the conversations around, well, around renewables, uranium, you know, what's to come in the future. And I thought that mineral resources move was interesting. So restarting that lithium joint venture, because again, I mean, EVs and the transition to battery technology permeates so many conversations we have. Yeah. Time and again, you see higher prices leads to an increased supply. So there we go. It's, uh, you know, maybe we won't go into that to huge uplifting prices, but uh, look at some of the charts for uh, expected demand, particularly from the EV space. But of course, there's going to be a lot of battery demand you'd expect in the, uh, the decades ahead. Could just be a drop in the ocean of what's actually required. So you can see why everyone's pretty excited about this space. Well, I thought it was interesting in our chat with John Cummings from Society One earlier today. And I asked about the personal loan market in Australia. And he pointed to EV even there saying, because it's not just, uh, you know, your car. It's then getting the Tesla battery, you know, or solar. It's to get that. So it's all this package that's coming with this electrification and greenification of the economy at the same time. We've got oil and gas prices rising, and uh, the energy space was a real standout today. Yeah, a couple of broker moves helping that as well. But yeah, it just continues to strengthen that crude price. And I think it's just been grossly underestimated that whilst there's pretty clear where the future is going to be when it comes to energy, uh, to go and get to that point, uh, there still have to be a few uh, hydrocarbons burned, unfortunately, in the interim. And I just don't think the market still come to grips with the potential for demand coming back online, and there's uh, really constrained supply. Interesting to see how OPEC Plus goes and uh, behaves early next month. Chris Weston from Pepperstone had a chat with us earlier today. And, uh, certainly he said that the 86 buck level is going to be a key technical point because whatever it decides to go and do could really have ramifications for $100 oil. Dare I say even higher? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that interview because I was, I mean, we're starting to <laughs> great minds think alike, let's say that. But, um, yeah, he was great also, for you, maybe. Well, no, yeah, he was also pretty juiced about just what's to come over the next couple of months. You know, in terms of central bank action, in terms of U.S. earnings, you know, OPEC plus, 
Now, there is a lot that's going to be digested by investors over the next couple of months as we head toward Christmas. Yeah. Do you know, you've been paying a bit more close attention to me over the last few months. Do you reckon there's a bit of a degree of complacency creeping there given what the the wall of worry has been talked about? We keep climbing it, but it just seems when central bank tightening takes place, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's generally for a good reason, mm-hmm. but I just wonder with so many different things out there at the moment, where there's a look at what's going on, the rates market's very different to what's going on the equity market. So there's that divergence is really creating some uncertainty. And uh, I dare say that uh, if you ask most investors out there, who are they going to go and pay attention to? A lot of them will say the bond market. So the bond market's saying that something is up mm-hmm. and uh, interesting to see whether that actually comes to fruition. Well, we have felt pulses of this before and it hasn't actually come to fruition, but there is more, I think, on the table right now. I mean, the longer we go in this extraordinary cycle of QE, monetary, fiscal policy, the more fraught it becomes, right? Yeah. Like, I, that's that's my sense of it. But to your sense about complacency, is it complacency or is it still, and I hate going back to these well-worn acronyms, but is it also that there still is no alternative? Yeah. Well, I'm, I wouldn't put it shut up on Twitter today. The, uh, the, the U.S. real uh, 10-year yield, it's still negative 100 basis points. Yeah. That's near record low. So you can see why no risks, all the extended reach into everything. But uh, you've got to wonder how long it can go and remain at negative 100 basis points. We saw all the wobbles from the market when I was away, but that was mm-hmm. only when it, it only got to like mid 70s, I know, so minus 70s uh, uh, basis points. So that's only a 30 point move, and that was enough to go and cause some pretty sizable moves. I wonder what happens once you start to go and see a bit of that liquidity withdrawal and whether that uh, might come to play again. Yeah, well, it, it just depends. The only thing that I can say is we've been having this conversation all year that the Fed is communicating under its new framework as it has promised whether or not markets continue to believe the rhetoric of course is another question but you know we just had a chat with Julia Lee from Berman Invest to wrap the day I mean, she's pretty she's optimistic heading towards Christmas it's really hard uh, to keep a lot of the uh, the more bullish sentiment at bay yeah Follow the money. At the moment, the money is still going to equity markets. Uh, didn't necessarily happen on, on Friday night in the States, but uh, it's... Yeah, but still, yeah. that's from record yeah. highs that were yeah, achieved that week. But it's, like. it, is, it is just remarkable. Like, there is lots of like capital on the sidelines. It's like not beat around the bush. And that obviously helps things as well. And that buy and dip mentality has been reinforced again by the latest correction or corrective or near corrective episode. Yeah. So you do wonder, but yeah, the bond market's giving me not, not heebie-jeebies, but enough to go and say, well, just keep keep cautious a little bit mm-hmm. yep no i think caution is always uh what the doctor ordered but you know I've, yeah again i just feel like we've been here before yolo and to my point is that we do want normalization in policy that means that the economy is recovering it means that people are getting back to work um yeah just do your christmas shopping now people now after pay was down by two and a half percent yes it's the rba running the ruler over some of the well the regulation around bnpl not just here but overseas but also kind of act as a proxy for those fangs in the U.S. And look, there's a lot riding on this Facebook result that comes today in particular. But this week we get Apple, we get Amazon, we get Microsoft, we get we get a lot of the big guys coming through. Alphabet as well. Can't forget that one. So yeah, it's a watching brief when it comes to U.S. earnings and we'll get clarity after the bell, at least in Facebook's front for now. What do you think Facebook should be called? Yeah, we'll be censored. (laughs) I might might be thrown off. So, yeah. um. (laughs) Sorry, I did put you on the spot. Lachlan Hughes from Swell Asset Management today said it like Horizon 
or something like that, it's going to be really hard to kick the Facebook habit. I'm really looking forward to doing this podcast in the Metasverse. Uh, oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to be virtual Scotty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what I look like, but yeah. Something. Scotty, we're not going to go into Jack and Dorsey and Twitter right now. Just watch out for Scotty's view in the CIB newsletter if you do get it. Uh, look, I think in keeping with the theme about uh, COP26, we've got three of Australian Ethical's most exciting stock picks. I think I might have put Andy Gracie offside when I said, oh, um, one of his picks isn't very sexy. He disagreed, I think. He said it was very exciting. So I apologize for that, Andy, if you happen to be listening. Green tech. Shouldn't like, how, editorialize, how not, I know. How can you not get excited about green tech? Slap my hand. Uh, we've got a show link to the trade today because we know you like some charts and we've got Michael Gable talking about why he's selling QBE insurance. And I think, Scotty, that takes us to the stock of the day on an eight. A couple of our favorites in here today. Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics, Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor, picked Autonate because, of course, it has pulled back a bit. You want to hear what they have to say? I do. Let's go. I think a year ago, uh, I'm sure we bought somewhere around $4. We first bought some in the $2 range. Right. Um, I didn't catch on until I think it was, it was well over $4 before I, I think I bought some. But if you're patient, I, I think... This is a business that should be worth billions of dollars in the yep. future. I mean, we've, yep. we've run some numbers on this and it can, we, we potentially get, you know, if everything goes great in, in 10 years, this could be $50 a share. Right. Um, and if everything goes um, not so great, I think a downside, um, the, our guys calculated about $2 a share or so. So okay. those sort of odds look very attractive. I, I think this is exactly what um, longer term investors ought to be looking for as, yeah. an, as a sort of entry. If anyone is a genuine long-term investor, this is a, a, a nice time to accumulate. Ordinate is a high-quality business. Mm. Um, there's no doubt. Uh, the market knows that. They've executed through, through a tough macro. Um, management's well-regarded. So, you know, you get the ticks everywhere. Mm. So where it is now, it's, you're getting a bit of a discount. It is a high-quality business, but, again, everything has a but. What's happening in techs matter, mm. and chip shortage, it's going to take longer than what most people think. But this right. is a high quality business. So, you know, if you're buying $10 worth of stock, I'd buy three or $4 now, yep. see what happens in a couple of months. And I think over the next two to three months, a lot of macro is gonna clean out. So you might get it a bit cheaper, you might get it a bit more expensive, that's okay. So you buy 30, 40%, you buy another 30, 40% in a month or so, you spread that over the next yep. three months, I think you buy this is a high quality business. This so it's entry is important. Well, it's gonna stay in the portfolio, isn't it? So if you'd like to listen to that thesis in its entirety, you can do so well via the app. It's already in there. Do we make it overweight rating? No, we're no. not. Nah, it's going to get too complicated if we start doing that. But, you know, stay tuned. You never know. You never know what we've got cooking here at Austin. I still, I still keep asking Koshi whether we can do our hedge fund and go short on a couple of stocks <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's, okay, it's occasionally some of them fall. Okay. All right. Now, we've got an interview with Chris Chen from American Century Investments. Now, it is now materially underweight on China. Mm -hmm. There's a bit going on there, isn't there? A few growth concerns. And uh, as you rightfully pointed out uh, earlier on in the program, there's a few concerns as well about COVID. And it's, uh, of course, trying to eliminate COVID. It's uh, pretty much the only country mm -hmm. now left in the world that's still going down that path, apart from the Republic, well, the soon-to-be Republic of Western Australia. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's really interesting to see what's going on there because if, uh, if there's lockdowns take place again, 
Geez, you wonder what's going to happen to not only economic growth there, but supply chains ahead of Christmas. Uh, it's going to be it's pretty bad. It's going to be messy. Tonight, we get the Dallas Fed Manufacturing Index out of the States. We get the Chicago Fed National Activity Indices both being released. So we'll be keeping an eye on all of the data points coming from the States because they continually talk about costs, labor, um, shortages in inputs. Yeah, that GDP report is going to be interesting as well. Although the advanced report that comes out is based on about 70% assumptions. So it's it's kind of like you know, just filling in the blanks with, I know, what happened in the past. But uh, you just going to see whether the market reacts off that or whether it's, uh, it's more forward-looking. You'd expect it to be the latter. But we know how sensitive uh, you know, we are to any growth expectation changes. So the starting point is going to be pretty important. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, now tomorrow's going to be a really good day on the channel, as per usual, if I do say so myself. We've got some great guests. Yasser El Ansari from the Australian Investment Council will be joining us. He will be talking about clean tech and the opportunities that abound here in Australia now as we transition into that green economy. But I got to say, you know, the day starts with some analysis of the U.S. earnings season with CFRA. So looking forward to that. Um, you know, it continues on. I do want to mention, special mention, that uh, Annette will be speaking to Priya Masara from TD Securities. And so we'll bring you that one as the day progresses. And we've got um, we've got a company that is IPOing. And uh, I believe that we've got that booked in for uh, 11 o'clock, round about that. So from Pacific Current Group CEO Paul Greenwood will be joining us now. So uh, looking at global equity positioning from that nice looking forward to it i'll be doing that interview so yeah, yeah you're uh, you're back in it you're back in the thick of things Scotty. yeah doing doing the hard yards during the course of the day but uh, hopefully i'm uh, providing some entertainment well and information we do appreciate always. your your inputs as always so look it's another great day here at osbiz we look forward to seeing you then if you've missed anything today you can catch up on the website uh toodaloo scott are you doing any exercise tonight you're walking home gonna get on the bike nice Get uh, get my sweat on, and uh, yeah, try and uh, get rid of some of the uh, the demons from the weekend. Yeah, good. <laughs> good for you. It was freedom. It felt good. All right, see you tomorrow. See ya.